Life is so much more than a diagnosis. It's about sharing time with those you love, hanging with friends who lift you up, and experiencing all those moments that bring you joy. All hits, no skips. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. So long live singing to the oldies, jamming out to something new, and everything in between. Good morning. Welcome to At Home with Roby. I'm Patrick McIsaac from Roby Commercial Services. I'm with Trent Haston from the Roby family of companies. We are your host Sunday 9 to 10. Trent? You know, I've always pondered, what if they played this one one Sunday in the afternoon? I'd be toast. Would they have to bleep out your your slander? We would have to. Re- I would have to record like 14 times. I've got that so down pat. Good afternoon. It would be tough. The good morning, my favorite good morning ever was Robin Williams. Good morning, uh, good Vietnam. morning, Vietnam. Yeah, I know that was a pretty racy movie in a lot of ways, and my dad and his crew took me when I was like ten. <laughs> Sounds about right. Yeah. <laughs> wait, wait, how old were? Would they take you to see Full Metal Jacket when you were eleven? I mean, yeah, I watched it a yeah. lot. My dad let me watch all the military yeah. movies. Wow. Then what's the most recent Platoon. one? Then you got Jarhead. Was, There's some good. Was his favorite movie. Good military movies. He used to he used to always watch Tour of Duty. It came on weekly. It was an hour long television show, and it came on weekly. And he'd sit about three feet from the big, the big thirty six inch TV right then. It was a floor mount, you know. Had, had the wood had big on the cabinet. side. Yeah, yeah, had yeah. Cabinet yeah, underneath. I remember my grandparents. And had he'd one of those. sit about sit about three feet away, and if you mess with him during that hour. He come after you, TJ. I bet you that's where the term cold slap came from. <laughs> Got cold slap. You know that uh, there's been a lot of really good military movies. I mean, that Saving Private Ryan. Um, I'm trying to think of the uh, the one the most re- with Bradley uh, Cooper. Um, shoot, uh, not the assassin. What's that movie? I'm in love with anything that Bradley Cooper's affiliated. I'm in love with anything that's military affiliated. So you throw those yeah. two together, I mean, we're <laughs> we're in the game, man. Yeah, I, I'm joking. I have no affiliation with Bradley Cooper. That's my PSA. That's your that's your public service announcement. Okay, I understand. So um, how you doing today, buddy? I am doing good. What a great day! We get we we're coming at coming at you recording on Friday today. That means we got a lot more data of the week to. to to chew to cut on versus our normal early Monday, Tuesday recordings. Uh, and we have Dean Parker, a good friend of mine, yep. going to be the guest guest this Sunday. Uh, he'll be on here in a few minutes. A man of many entrepreneur endeavors. Yeah. <laughs> you can't wait to hear what he's got cooking. He's got a pretty long LinkedIn he's, he, page. Yeah. He, he's uh, got some political ties. I mean, the dude is – he. The, the what's that? What was the Dosecki's guy? The most mysterious man in the world. <laughs> We're not doing good with our memories today. Most interesting. Interesting, not mysterious. There's it, no mystery to Dean. It's American Sniper too, but it was a movie I was oh, thinking about. Oh, that's a good movie. That's a great movie. But yeah. the most interesting man that that you're really putting a lot of expectation on Dean here. Dane's legit. He looks he, like he's it. he's been in my forum for about six years. Okay, been, been good friends with me for about seven. Uh, just awesome, awesome person, uh, and, and gonna, gonna have a lot of cool stories. And we, ha- I have a lot of fun with Dean. Dean hails from Alabama. Mobile, right? That's it. We've had, we had a little, nice little run of Mobile folks down on the show. We're going to have to take a visit down there pretty soon. 
I like it. It's beautiful. I can't go. I might stay. You might. Well, oh, I didn't say that. They like to do some. Uh, they do some snap red fishing down there, right? So you say. I mean, we could go find <laughs> out. <laughs> yeah, I like Alabama. It seems like a pretty good state. I agree. I agree. I remember I did a job, you know, ten years ago, and you remember that South Florida. Oh yeah. And that's not. I liked it down there. I was working hard. I, my wife, kids come down. I said, "Baby, I'm gonna we're gonna buy this house, open office over here, build a little home office." Y- you know what? She started crying. She said, "Boy, you a Carolina boy." We we what we need to do at some point is I remember a few of those houses, and I, I bet you I could pinpoint one exactly. It was behind a restaurant that we went, kind of a, right right on the main cut, but it was on a, it was on a, a waterway, and I remember what it cost. We what was th- it like three fifty? Yeah, I bet it's like I bet it's one point six million. Yeah, it's crazy. I mean, it would good have been gosh. the greatest thing we had ever done. Y- yeah. Well, yeah. hold on. Whoa, 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 whoa. Other, you probably be monetarily. Divorced. Yeah, <laughs> the monetarily. Yeah. Which means nothing. Let's see how many kids wouldn't be yeah, here. Yeah, which at this means point. nothing. That is not I, incorrect. One yeah. of the greatest monetary business moves ever that destroyed my life. That would have been bad. <laughs> you know the fun part about recording on Fridays, and you can always tell we got a little pep in our step. Not that we don't when we record earlier in the week. Is man, TJ's on fire. I mean, I've he already wants had, to jump in. It's Friday. It's it's we're recording at six p.m. on Friday, so we've already been at the restaurant for four yeah. hours. <laughs> I'm joking. It's Friday morning. We're really full. Just in a that good restaurant mood. is good. Food. I gotta give my son Ford a shout out. Do it. He's in first grade. Uh, he he's been getting more. He get he he gets these colors, and blue is like really good in school. Behavioral and how you how you mm-hmm. participate. He's been getting more blues than greens, and greens really good. And last night he went to bed, and this morning I go up to get him up, and he was already dressed in his stand. I looked in his bed; he wasn't in his bed. He's dressed in his closet, getting his shoes. <laughs> I'm like, man, can you start waking me up, <laughs> please? Maybe he can help. We might need some help around our place too. Uh, last time I saw Ford was at your house at a bonfire, and him one of his, I think it was Rory. Is that one of his buddies? Yeah. They were they That's were son. yeah oh I know they they were they were tackling each other on the floor I'm like oh goodness gracious four came up his nose is bleeding I was like are you all right he just wiped it and goes yeah I'm fine and ran off I was like God kids tough I'm gonna brag about my two daughters uh, Tatum and Rowan tried out for their school soccer team and both of them made it but they come they, they come from a pretty good soccer lineage yeah I mean not you <laughs> yeah I'm like but they come from lineage and then they have the negation. With me. <laughs> it kind of offsets. I mean, I got cut from the bench. <laughs> I, wasn't war- I wasn't warming it accurately. I got cut from dry. I remember I had some cold nights on that bench. <laughs> Great. You know, with the one, real quick, the nice part about riding the bench during like basketball, I do all those cheers, man. <laughs> <laughs> Did you cheer at Clemson? Nah, man. <laughs> nah, 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 man. I was good after I was good after my high good school bench days. No, nah, I didn't even make the bench. Let me tell you something. Trent Hayson knows how to ride a bench. <laughs> Straight up. <laughs> With pride. Only my daddy knew how bad it hurt on the way home. <laughs> He's like, man. <laughs> It'll be all right, boy. Got a couple, t- got a couple splinters on head. He'd say, hey, boy, I told you you're going to have to study hard, work hard. You get a little different. Yeah, the muscles ain't going to make it. <laughs> <laughs> so, all right, we got Dean Parker hailing from Mobile, Alabama. I bet he's not in Mobile, Alabama today. He's the man on the run. He's got stuff going all over the place. I can't wait to hear an update when we return. You're listening to At Home with Roby.
Welcome back to At Home with Roby. I'm Patrick McIsaac from Roby Commercial Services on Trent Hayson from the Roby Family of Companies. We are your hosts. If you missed the first segment, go back, check us out. We're having a blast here uh, uh, on the At Home with Roby show. Had a couple laughs, a couple of uh, shout outs to the kids, some accolades, that kind of thing. And we're going to put our guests on the spot, Trent, before we went to break. You said Dean Parker, our guest, who hails from Mobile, Alabama, is likely not in Mobile, Alabama. At this time, Dean, are you in Mobile, Alabama? I am not. I am oh. Baltimore, Maryland. Trent so. wins the prize. Trent is correct. Well, I mean, listen. The people think we're this is a setup. I mean, you can hear the airport behind me. <laughs> <laughs> I'm telling you, I'm, man. You. I'm, I'm trying. I'm trying to be cool and calm and collective here, but. They have to start announcing if they haven't talked in 10 minutes over the intercom, right? <laughs> I think it's good effects. You can hit the button now and turn off that effect sound in the now background. boarding Flight 7. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so so you was, your, all the- was your trip in Baltimore good? Yeah, it was very good. We have a great team. We're redoing a culture from a very depressed company, and uh, the team stayed till 1 o'clock in the morning playing pool and drinking beer. So that's a sign of uh, a team starting to work together. Wow. Very cool. So, Dean, I want to start. I mean, you are, I mean, I set you up on the first segment. One of my dearest friends, but also, and I'm an entrepreneur, and I'm saying this, one of the biggest entrepreneurs I've ever met, hustlers I've ever met in such a complimentary way. Start us off. Give us, we, we like to go back. Our audience likes to hear these cool stories about people and their traverses, travels, and stuff. So tell us, but what? Where'd you grow up? What got you going? And, and and I know I don't know as much about your old business, the one you the one you created and sold, as I do your newer businesses. So I like a little refresher on all that. Yeah. So let me take you back to uh, I was born and raised with a dad that built nuclear power plants. So we traveled, and I never started or completed the same year of school until I was in fifth grade. Wow. So we moved a lot and, you know, lived in Massachusetts, Florida, California, you name it, all over the all over the USA. And I decided that when I was going to grow up that I wanted to be an entrepreneur. But my dad said, you'll never be an entrepreneur until you learn, learn something. So if you go back to like we all had grandiose plans of being great sports athletes, I was a basketball player. And I had determined that I was going to play college basketball. And I had applied to the school and talked to the coach, was all set in what was told was ready to go. And I'll never forget, I applied early admission to college and didn't get in. Then I applied regular admission, they put me on a waiting list, and I got in my car and drove from Philadelphia, Pennsylvania to outside Pittsburgh to Grove City College, and I'll never forget what happened. I sit down with the, the whole team of admissions and said, I want to be here, I have all the qualifications. He looked at it, he said, son, I don't can't tell you why, but God doesn't want you here because you got everything to get in, but we're not letting you in. So I drove back and decided I wasn't going to play college sports, talked to my dad, I said, i got to do something different, and we chose to go look at a school called Liberty University. And when I went to Liberty, I decided to do four years of school and three. I just got married to uh, Joanne uh, at the time, and we decided we were headed to Silicon Valley, but there was one problem. She was a college athlete, all-American swimmer in college, and she had given that up to transfer from school that I was trying to get into, to Liberty, where we both were. And she had to do her student teaching. So I got a job selling cars. I literally sold a car to a guy that was a young executive at General Electric. 
And he said, do you want to stay around and work for GE? I said, no, I'm headed to Silicon Valley. But he made me an offer I couldn't refuse. And in two and a half years, I was running a $180 million sales division at 23 years old, uh, literally from selling the guy a car. At so GE. I tell people, at, yeah, I was literally at a partnership selling a car. He hired me off the car a lot, put me in corporate America. And at 23, I was running a $180 million sales division. And I tell people, you never know. One of the life principles people need to remember is you meet the same people on the way up as you do on the way down, and life's a circle of mentorship. And if I fast forward to when I sold my company, that gentleman I hired and now runs one of my tech companies out of uh, Indiana, Michigan, in the water space, and it's a, it's a small world. So I'll pause for a second there, but, yes, yeah, so I was 23-year-old <laughs> in corporate America and decided I wanted to be an entrepreneur and was looking at different opportunities. I mean, I say this all the time. I love this show because I can think I know almost everything about you, and I just learned 80% of what you just said was new information. I did not know that whole story. And now I hear you amongst your entrepreneurial endeavors. You think one day you might want to own a car dealership, and, 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 and you look and, and, and you study some companies and, and hearing that story and, and, and how much of a relationship guy you are. So how much you owe that to to selling that car to the fella. Uh, the funny thing is we talked on the first segment about how much I rode the bench <laughs> and Patrick rode the bench in basketball and how we weren't <laughs> – we were so, God didn't make us <laughs> professional athletes or college athletes. So uh, it's pretty funny you tell that story. All right. Well, pick us up there, so, big dog. So, so then I decided I really want to be an entrepreneur, but, you know, when you're – running a large corporate division and life is good, you know, it's hard to give up. But I had some customers in my GE world that literally ran large communication companies. And one of their divisions were beepers, pagers. And I never forget, I was sitting at a corporate offsite with all my big customers. And they said, hey, you're one of the few guys we think that can make the jump from corporate America to be an entrepreneur. And if you want to be an entrepreneur and start a paging company, we'll teach you how. And I said, well, who's using pagers? And he said, we have... 200,000 a month of free cash flow. That's who's using pagers. And I said, how many employees do you have? He goes, six. I said, that sounds like the perfect business. He says it is. So, you know, we prayed about it. Uh, Joanne and I, we looked at different options, and I decided I wanted to get in the beeper business. But there was only three spots. They had a network of young – the only way you can compete in telecom against the big Verizons and at ts in the world is you have to have a network of small businesses that kind of collaborate and work together and choose not to compete against each other. So – we actually did that, and they had a network called the Southern Net Association of Paging, and they covered from Ohio to Texas up to Virginia, but they had nobody in Mobile, Alabama, Jacksonville, Florida, or Nashville, Tennessee. So I looked at all the areas, and Joanne and I flew and visited the areas and decided Mobile is where we wanted to put roots in. Uh, we liked the area. We liked being the coast. But I'm a fast-talking damn Yankee, and uh, everybody said you can't make being a fast-talking Yankee in the South. But we did it. Uh, the only challenge I had is, and you'll talk about life and circles and people that come back to you, a banker told me, you're all set. need you to put you know, your 20% down on the business loan, and we'll lend you the money, and go back and tell us when you got all your money together, and then we'll make the business loan. Well, I'll never forget. I was all excited. I came back put my savings together, had a couple, my father-in-law and some other people willing to help me call him back. Says, all right, we're ready to go. He goes, well, I can't make you that loan. You don't have hard assets. 
you're 23. And I said, wait a minute. You told me you were going to lend me this money. And he's like, I can't do it. Now, the funny thing how to come back around is after I had sold my company, that banker called on me. I said, you don't remember me, do you? He says, what do you mean? And I tell him the story. He's like, oh, blankety blank blank. I said, yeah, I'll never bank with you. I'll be your friend, but I'm never banking with you because you told me something. You didn't do it. So I went and found a um, a partner. It was actually my old boss. He had stock options that he had bought when he was my age, and he was 20 years older than me, that were worth a half million in GE stock. And he literally said to me, and I, this is the quote he said, go build our retirement. We became 50-50 partners. He handed me a uh, – we went and got, got a loan for 300000 and I went down to start building a paging company. In the first year, it was going great. Then cell phones came out Christmas of 2020, and everybody started having a cell phone. And one thing led to the other, and it wasn't growing like it was supposed to be. So now, uh, fast forward a few years later, we're selling cell phones. We're, we got this paging company, and the, but the big guys are starting to falter. So I'll never forget, my second son was born, and I was trying to get this hospital as a customer. And my son was born, I'm holding my arm, and the guy walks around the corner and says, hey, here's your present for your son. Here's your first big contract for a hospital. So I built beepers up, and I owned all the communications on the coast for all the hospitals and police and fire departments. But it wasn't making any money. It was, you know, I kind of bought myself a job because the market had changed. And that's what I tell people. The second principle you have to remember is markets are the number one driver in success of a business. Markets first, people second, product third. Because you can be in the best market with mediocre people and a poor product, and you still can make a lot of money. Wow. And we've seen examples of that right now. So you have to remember that as you're going through the second business principle is markets first, people second, product third. And some people get that, you know, flipped upside down and, and kind of forget that. Man, I like that. We always ask for business. That's but you, you've already thrown out about yeah. three. Dean, we're going to go pay some bills. I'm fascinated yeah i am too much markets first people second product Product third third. and if the market's good you can overcome the other mediocre people unbelievable just shows you what you can do if you can get the right people and so have the right product but uh will you stick around come back with us dean i'll be standing by let's do it all right you're listening to at home with roby thanks for joining we'll be right back Welcome back to At Home with Roby. I'm Patrick McIsaac from Roby Commercial Services. I'm Trent Hasten from the Roby family of companies. We are your hosts. Trent, if they have missed the last segment, oh my gosh, Dean is on fire. I mean, I, I just told you in the break, I almost forgot I was supposed to do something with the show. I was so intrigued at listening to what he had to say. Um Unbelievable. Uh, I just can't believe we're in this studio that doesn't have sound effects like an airport and stuff. (laughs) We need to upgrade our studio. (laughs) Market, people, product. That's That's where we we left off, and Dean's beeper kept beeping. So Um, you were were having your second son, got your biggest contract for the hospital system. Police officer, fire department. And the market was right. The market was right, but I knew I didn't have exchange because we couldn't go. So I had a, I had a, what I call a short windfall, not a long-term expansion. So what we did then is I had to go figure out, and I had to look at myself. I'm now five years into this from when I started, and, or four years, excuse me. And I, what was I going to do long-term, and how was I going to change the world? Because I'm a big-picture change-the-world guy. So I went back to the roots. And the first thing you do is your next business principle is, when you don't know what to do in your next business, 
talk to your customers. So I went to all those big customers and said, what's your biggest issue you have? And they told me their biggest issue was in telecom specifically was the pointing effect. So if you remember, there was internet starting to hit the line in the early 2000s. You had telephone lines, you had a telephone system, and you had long distance. They were all different. They weren't integrated yet. So with that going on, one of the things that I found was they said, if you can solve this problem, you'll solve our world. So I went to look at what new technology was out, and I found a way, and I was the first in the southeast, the first provider of cloud communications where I integrated the Internet, the phone system, the phone service as voice as a service. So you gave them a per-unit price in an old market. And what people seem to forget is the way you innovate traditional markets is you find what the pain point is for the customer, and then you turn it into the product that they need. So that's what I did. I built that company up. We were the eighth, we were the, one of the fastest growing companies in Alabama for eight years in a row. And and then in 2013, I hit what every other entrepreneur was. I was burned out. I was tired. I couldn't find the right leadership team with me. So I put the company up for sale, and we never sold it. And then I was like, what do I have to do? So then I had to look in myself. I had to look into my heart and figure out where we're going to go forward. So that next principle you look at is when you're tired and you're exhausted, go back to your roots. So I went back to what made me excited about business. I literally went, and went ahead and decided I wanted to build a leadership team and grow. And this is the funny part. Within nine months, the full team was built. We were excited. We were growing fast. And a cell phone company called me and said, would you, you know, talk to us about selling? I said, I'm not for sale. I turned them down three times. And then they finally said, we're going to give you a number that you can accept. And then we move forward. But the fascinating part, and people need to remember this principle in life, when one door closes, another door opens. The day that I sold, agreed in my heart, and talked to the company and said I would move forward with the sale to them, was the same day I met Dr. Carson. Because I had read his book. When I was a kid, I was actually one point short of all A's my senior year. The principal said, read these two books, gifted hands and think big. If you read these books, I'll give you the A. So I read the books, put them on the, on the shelf. Then I get a call and said, when I send my jets to pick up Ben Carson or the governor of Louisiana, Bobby Jindal, and I said, Ben Carson, two hours we flew on the plane that day after I agreed to sell the company. We landed. He gave me a hug and looked at me and said, God's going to do something special for us. But I don't know what it is. And so I put that on the shelf, fast forward 18 months later, and I'm playing pool with him one day. And he said, hey, I got a question for you. What are you doing now? I said, I'm not doing anything yet. And he said, well, I got a job for you. I said, what's that? He goes, help me run for president in the United States. I said, Ben, I know nothing about politics. I've never even, I've written one political donation my whole life. He said, well, you're in luck. I know nothing about being president, so let's do this together. And <laughs> I was national finance chairman. We raised $77 million um, at that time, not now, but it was the most ever raised in a Republican primary, and uh, we came in third, and then I went on to assist uh, the president in fundraising, so I was an advisor to President Trump, then went back home, and I built a family office, and I've taken a thesis of what I have and made investments, and we either own or operate uh, 10 companies, and we have three companies that we have minority investments that are larger companies. And so we have an office called Parker Capital today. 
I mean, these he's talking about Dr. Ben Carson, oh, by yeah, the way. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Very modestly. I mean, we're playing pool. I become his finance, you know. Did you, gra- did you grab my chin and put it back up to my mouth yet? Yeah, Patrick. <laughs> I knew, I did know all that. Patrick Unbelievable. looked at me and was like, oh, where'd that come from? <laughs> well, hold on. You keep, uh, you keep, Dean, you keep re- referencing back the, uh, these principles that you that have guided you throughout your your life. It sounds like where are these just are these just in in Dean's head, or is this something that, uh, that that you've read or that you that you inspire by? Tell us a little bit about that. So no, I'm a, I'm an introspective guy that always want to learn. So I've chosen that each time I've either had a hardship or I've had a success in life, I sit huh. down and I reflect and come up with what are the core principles that got me there or have carried me through a tough time. And so I have written them down. I haven't turned them into a book yet, but at some point we have. And the second thing I want to talk about, this is where I think your listeners will love. Andy Stanley, a friend of mine, says one thing. You always cheat something. You can't do everything for everybody. Your family, your work, you're always cheating something. What are you going to cheat at what cost? So what I've decided to do is I couldn't always be the perfect dad. I, I don't have a lifestyle or schedule where I'm at home every night or I'm not having to travel or do meetings or be out. So the one thing I started is I started having these life principles, which I won't take the time. We could do another show, possibly, Trent. But I came up with 41 life principles that I want to transfer to my kids. So I've written down for them, and we give them a book when they get married, of these 41 principles that I've taken them out to lunch and breakfast and shared with them and taught them through a success or failure what those life principles are. So you have personal principles and business principles, and I continue to diverge those paths so we make sure that I'm being the best father, friend, and business person I could be. I mean, you, you might be right. He might be the most interesting man. <laughs> I told you. <laughs> this is awesome. And, and hold on. So the family office that he talks about or, or what the current happening, yeah. these are businesses business he's got a development might, yeah. going on down there uh, where he lives. He He's involved in this construction company. That's why he's up in Baltimore. He has this water, uh, municipal water technology, technology. business. Uh, so I'm in aviation to construction, yeah. real estate development to fashion, and technology and everything in between. Again, some people say I have a thesis. I'm just going to invest in this. I look at that market first, and when the market's growing, for instance, there's a 50,000 pilot shortage of people aging out that haven't been replaced. So what did I do is I took my passion. We turned it into a school. I found a younger partner that had the ability to build flight schools. So we now have bought planes. We have flight schools in four locations, and the market's rising People sign up and pay for uh, to be flights because they want to be pilots because they want to turn it into a career. So go by where the market goes. All ships rise when the when the river rises. Well, I agree completely. I'll tell you this, Dean, you're one of the most loving people, endear, endearing people I've ever met. Pete, you're a people person, and if that if you it doesn't resonate from what it what his stories tell you, uh, and all these businesses that he's talking about, family office. At the surface, you go, oh, family office, we're, we're passive investors. We support these companies. No. Dean is flying around, hands-on, playing pool with, with his staff till 2 o'clock in the morning. Uh, that's, how we, that's how we interact and love on each other. Uh, I just think it's awesome, Dean. Yeah. Well, you know, at the end of the day, what we learned is we're not no man's an island, and any man I think he is won't be there very long. So we need to make sure that we build a community for you know, every business needs accountability, needs profitability, and it needs 
abilities to invest forward. So how are we going to do that? And that's what we got to figure out and think through and determine. And so how are we going to do it? We do it by having relationships. We've been communities working together. I mean, Trent, you're a perfect example. There's not a better – I don't think there's a better company with a marketing name in the construction and development business than Roby. I mean, like, you have all the different divisions, and you see your trucks around. You've done an amazing job building that. So we that's the, you know, iron sharpened iron. we got to keep working together and helping this world be a better place and teaching people how to build businesses. Thank you, Dean. That, that means a lot. Uh, accountability, markability, and ability to move forward. Profitability, too. Yeah. So, yeah. So it was accountability, profitability, and the the other better way to say it is availability. Accountability, profitability, and availability. And you got to have profit, or you can't run a business. You can't move forward. Dean, how can people, how people look you up? Are untouchable. You can go to my website, deanparker.com, and uh, if you need something, reach out, and uh, we'll love to connect with people. Dean, I love you, man. Wonderful, love wonderful, wonderful story. Yeah, Thank this you was really for your good. time and. Uh, we will definitely have to have a follow-up show because I know everybody's going to be like, man, I want to know. Here, I want to know the 41 What's Dean doing? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So uh, safe travels, buddy. Thanks, guys. Appreciate you having me. Have a wonderful day. Love you guys. I love you too. You're listening to At Home with Roby. Welcome back to At Home with Roby. I'm Patrick Bacazzi from Roby Commercial Services, along with Trent Hastings from the Roby family of companies. We are your hosts. I know I say this every time, so like, you know, it's like the boy that cried wolf, but go back if you didn't hear this show. This was awesome. Yeah. Um, I mean, all of our shows are really, really special to, to you and to me, Trent, but uh, Dean really, he dropped a lot of nuggets on us there. What I say, the mo- most interesting man most in the world? Most interesting no, man. I said the most mysterious. Well, it, and what, you said mysterious. <laughs> and I think both apply. Maybe, because I am intrigued. He's the international man of mystery. Yeah, was that Ooh. Austin Powers? <laughs> yeah, that was. <laughs> Day. We've had a lot of movie quotes today, but now nah, he was great. I mean, I, I and he's got something he was talking about, the 41 principles. How cool is that, that over the course of his life, he was obviously smart enough to say, I probably should write these things down, and then I'm going to share with my children. Um, you know, we, we all gain so much insight from our parents. You You talk about your dad all the time and your mom all the time, and I do the same. But uh, just to be able to have all that and be able to pass it on, uh, I mean, what a tremendous idea. I mean, I'm sitting here holding holding my billfold uh, that he gave a couple years ago. He It's in December, and he hand, hands out this billfold. And, and I'm like, what's this? And he's just that type of guy. And he says, this is a company I invested in years back. Take one. They're awesome. And so every time you, you pull that out, you think of this guy. 100%. That's great. He's a people person. The relationship flywheel is on time. I wonder what he's – do you know what the we – we didn't get a chance to ask. I could have asked him about a thousand more questions. But running, what do you say, $180 million sales division of GE at age 23. Mm. I wonder what they were what, – what division. I'd, I'd be curious to know that. But uh, $180 million is not that's, – that's a – that's a pretty sizable enterprise. Yeah, that means your neck's on the line, son. <laughs> yeah, you're right. Goodness gracious, I don't know. But he, but it's so cool. He he did. He started a flight school uh, down in Alabama. It's crazy. Saw construction this, company saw this development. Lead. Yeah, he's developing down there. He's partners in this construction company, big municipal construction company in the Northeast. He's got this water source technology business that helps uh, water municipalities. That's just what he's got going on today. <laughs> no well, I mean, telling what he'll have going on tomorrow. 
all the business lessons I could pull from that. I mean, there's so many. The one other thing I liked that he said was he talked about, hey, you're always cheating something, right? You work, you stay at the office and work late until ten. You're cheating your family a little bit, mm-hmm. uh, and you, and the and the and that guy kind of goes hand in hand with a lot of different things. And so, uh, yeah, I mean, it's, it's great. I mean, being deliberate with your time and intentional, I think, was what he was trying to say. And and I mean, those are little easy nuggets, but. Well, you know, I, I mean, I believe when you're getting going in a career, if you if you want to be entrepreneur and want right. to move up and be yep. a leader, you got to put in the time. You got to put in the time. People don't understand that. Not everybody needs to do that or wants to do that or desires to do that. It took me a while to figure that out. I mean, people like to have good jobs and be steady, and that's that's awesome. That's sure. What, that's what makes the world go round. But if you go, hey, I want to run a business. I want to move up. I want to see. I mean, I want to be an entrepreneur. Then you need to put in long hours early on. Well, we have a mutual friend that used to always say that, that and you know people would come to him and say, "Hey, I, I want to run a business like like you." Yeah. The problem is, it's tough when you're when you're forty years old and you've got two kids and the yeah. wife driving a nice car, you live in a nice neighborhood. I mean, you're basically putting all of that on the table, rolling the dice with all of it. I mean, and are you willing to do that? And furthermore. I think people get enamored by the status or the ego. Yeah. We, we talk about this. Oh, all my time. gosh. But it isn't really what they want to do. I mean, you got a great life. Why are you rocking the boat? Enjoy your life. But I was worried, and you know this, working 12, 14 hours a day, I knew one day I wanted to build a business that empowered people and grew people, and I didn't have to work 12 or 14 hours a day, and I could spend time with my family because I do think a well-rounded life is the most important thing. And I was worried if I drove up my hill before 7.30 p.m. at night, I, I would feel too guilty. I couldn't ever shed that guilt. I used to feel guilty. But I've gotten over the guilt. Well, yeah. I mean, you had you had that vision when we first talked about me coming. To, I remember you telling me that at Philadelphia Restaurant, the one that we used yeah. to be across. In, King's and Drive. That, that was 11 years ago you had that thought process. And uh, you know, there's two things about that. One is, like, I mean, I don't. you're one of the hardest working people I know. But the way the technology works now is you don't have to be in an office to be working hard. You can sit on your back deck and work just as hard as you can at a computer. I mean, that's the the benefit and the curse of these things, cell phones. Well, now my job is relationships and vision. And so so I'm doing a disservice if I'm sitting behind a computer in my (laughs) office for 12 hours a day. My business, our business, I'm not going to be able to blaze trails and, and, and motivate you to lead and our other leaders who are so awesome. So, but it but it's the way I knew how to work. It's the way you learn to work. You train yourself. So then, can you make that transition? It doesn't happen overnight. No, I mean uh, we we got, we we subscribe to a similar blog that we get every morning, and there was one a couple of days ago about training leaders. Right? I mean, how yep. important is that? And a, a small story on that. I remember when my first I went for my first promotion in corporate America, and my boss looked at me and was like, "Well, who's who, who'd you train to take your place?" And I was like, "What? I was supposed to do that?" <laughs> I, didn't, I mean, I was like 23, right? Yeah. I mean, they were like, yeah, <laughs> we just can't just let this thing go yeah, to waste. It's right. like, all right, so I got to be constantly thinking, it's just like you do, of who can fill in when I'm ready to, you know, get to the next step. Yeah. Yeah. You're talking about 69 S- ventures. 68 ventures. Yeah. Get. 68 ventures. I say 69. Awesome. Nathan Cox leads that. He's a YPO guy. That's man, how I got hooked up with it. Yeah. He's on the list, baby. So, oh, man. I mean, talking about wholehearted, faith based motivation. You got it there, don't you? He's an Alabama boy. He's too, an old right? Alabama boy, ex-military. Got it all going on. So, uh, how'd you like the show today, Patrick? Man, that that was awesome, Dean Parker. Thank you. 
Go back and listen to this one, for real. We got TJ back in here. He's got a, my dad, you say a little poop-eating grin on his face. <laughs> that means he's happy. That he does. Nah, we I'm on, kidding. We on to you, TJ. <laughs> this PG-13 right there to hit you today. Hey, listen, thanks for joining us. We hope you laugh a little, giggle a little, learned a lot, uh, and just have a whole heart leaving the show. Uh, treat others the way you want to be treated. Do that golden rule and spread happiness. Thanks for joining us. Have a great day.